The show is Hitting the Mark. I'm Jeffrey Mark, along with Ray Carr and Cindy Ribelin, and we're discussing comedy legend Jack Carr. Uh, we've, we talked off microphone about the possibility of Jack being bi- bipolar. I don't know. I don't know because I know his background. You know, a Jewish kid in Brooklyn, his parents were immigrants. They owned a candy store in Coney Island. Uh, I understand the background of someone trying to get out of poverty and make something of themselves and the hard work that goes into that. At what point does, does ambition have to sit down and say, all right, I ambitioned. <laughs> I don't need to be ambition anymore. I got, I've gotten there. Now I can enjoy the fruits of my labor. I don't think Jack did. And uh, it led to his having financial pressure, being a little on the cheap side sometimes. Like I said, birthdays were coupons. Dinners he got for free from other places. Um, he was worried. He was worried. Very concerned about status. But so was Roxanne. I couldn't park in their driveway because I wasn't driving a Mercedes. And finally, when I was driving a Mercedes, it was an older Mercedes. They didn't want anyone to see that in their, in their, their, their little round driveway in the front of the house. I had to park on the street. People that, are crazy. They came to my house for dinner one night. Paul Peterson came, they came, and I made dinner, and they were upset that I had served fish for dinner, that it was a lack of respect for them, that fish is so cheap. Why didn't I make something nicer? And I'd made, you know, I'd had pate and hors d'oeuvre. I'd had, I made homemade chicken matzo ball soup. I'd made chopped liver and stuffed cabbage. And then I served a fish course. And they, that was, that's who they were. Another story that tells you where the minds go sometimes. This is a story told me by Dick Martin of Rowan and Martin. Dick Martin and his beautiful wife, Dolly, who's still with us, yay, Lucille Ball and Gary Morton. And there was one other couple, probably uh, Norm Crosby and Joni, his wife, were having a very um, laid back, informal evening at Jack Carter's. It had to have been June-ish time because the sun was out late. They were outdoors on the grass outside of his kitchen smoking cigarettes, I'm assuming. And the phone rings and Jack goes to get it. And you can hear Jack on the telephone and it's Joy Bishop next door. This is Jack's end of the conversation. Yeah, I have some people over. Oh, you're having people over too? Who do you have? Oh, you got him? Ooh, you got her? What, my house? A bunch of nobodies. I should get rid of them and come over to your house. Now they're hearing this. Um, I don't consider Dick Martin a nobody or Norm Crosby. Lucille Ball was a legend. Uh, Dick Martin never spoke to him again. Dick was a very close friend of Jack's. Dick was so heart sore at Jack's behavior that he wouldn't even tell me what the final straw was. 
Steve Lawrence and D. Gourmet were close friends of Jack's. They stopped speaking to him. Was he deaf in one ear? I knew he wore a hearing aid, but it seemed to me I thought he was deaf in one ear. No? Okay. I mean, not any not any more than anybody else's. Uh, okay. you know, as, he, as he got older, uh, he got neuropathy in his feet, he, you know, where he couldn't feel the bottom of his feet. Uh, he had no feeling in his feet. He would, he would stomp them on the floor. I said, Jack, you're going to hurt. Mm. Just because you can't feel it doesn't mean you can't make it hurt. Uh, right. You know, he had cataracts in his eyes and, and uh, a little hard of hearing. Uh, not like Norm Crosby. Norm wore double hearing aids all his mm. life. But yeah, you know, and yeah. that was another thing for Jack. He saw himself as being a stud. He didn't like old age. He didn't like being infirm. Now, here's something that Jack said that I always just, just tickled me. Jack got very sick. Jack had uh, major heart problems that landed him in uh, Cedar sinai Hospital in Los Angeles. I couldn't go in. You couldn't visit him in the hospital because uh, he was in intensive care. But I was there the day he got home. And he shows me two plates of cookies. And he says, you see those over there? That came from Barbara Sinatra. See those over there? They came from Nancy Sinatra, Frank's first wife. That's the difference between Nancy and Barbara. Nancy baked me cookies. Barbara bought me a box of cookies. That's the difference between the two wives. I, I fell off the couch laughing. <laughs> the man is just out of the ICU. And he's getting offended, but that Barbara Sinatra had sent him packaged goods where Nancy had actually gone to the trouble of baking him homemade cookies, which he appreciated. He appreciated the effort, but he had to compare. He had to contrast. He had to say something funny and caustic. That's who he was. It's never enough that somebody cared enough to give you anything, whether they made it or bought it. Big deal. Okay. Oh. It's a shame. Uh, I, I throw my friend Kay Ballard into the same pot of these people who, as they got older, were so unhappy that they weren't bigger stars than they were, that, that their conversations were filled with bile. And it, it, it bit them in the behind. It's a shame. Oh. I love Jack. He was very good to me. I, I love the years I had with him. I'm sorry Roxanne felt the way she did about me. Uh, that negativity on her part is her problem. She's gone now too. Uh, and, and Roxanne, again, to be fair, had been battling cancer on and off. And finally, after Jack died, she died of cancer. So we don't know what was going on with her to cause all of this. Very complicated, very human, but I was honored to be so close to Jack. And I would not be the celebrity I am today without him or these other people I've talked about on other occasions. Th this one was tough. I really did love him. From what I can tell, Jeffrey, you don't have a mean bone in your body. I just don't get how they can treat you like that. It's a funny thing, Cindy. And this is not just a Jeffrey Mark thing. Show business is a very competitive thing. I have some enemies in show business. 
I don't think it's because I said or did anything in particular, just that I exist. I might be competition. And I think there are some women, some women, who are insecure about their marriages. Perhaps their husbands are bisexual or they've been running around with other women or whatever the thing is. They learn to be uber protective of their privacy, of of the sanctity of their marriage. Uh, interestingly, the women who have been so angry, I never, ever, ever touched their husbands. I've touched a couple of husbands, their wives never knew. So the ones who should have been angry at me never knew what happened. And the <coughs> ones who, where, where it wasn't happening, they're the ones who got suspicious. Hmm. Well, it really comes down to one thing, values. What's truly important in a person's life? Is it the intrinsic or the extrinsic things that matter? And I think sometimes when you really look at it, um, it's what have you given to other people and you know your health? All the other things are irrelevant. I mean, they're important, but not as important as those, I feel. Ray, every day when I wake up, before I put my feet on the floor, other than... A, a moment of thanks that I woke up. Oh, I got another day. Yay. My first thought is, you know, I want to be, give me the health, <laughs> the stamina, the courage, the wisdom, the, the Yiddish word, koyach, the intestinal fortitude to handle whatever comes along. And I want to be a blessing to other people. Mm -hmm. That's my freedom to be a blessing to other people. Yeah. I can't be a blessing to everybody. But one of the reasons why I'm doing this show with you guys is to, I, I think our friends and fans who are listening can be blessed by some of the stories I'm sharing. Maybe they can get a, a little bit of a rah-rah, a cheerleader for what they're dealing with, if they can relate to the things I've had to deal with and come through it okay. Uh, other people, it's all about their careers and all about their egos and they're unhappy people. Jack Carter had every reason to be happy. He was a brilliant, sexy, he was sexy, a brilliant, sexy, funny, talented, talented, talented man with enough neuroses and uh, carrying around tons of weights of hurts that made it impossible for him to enjoy himself. Well, with the vast amount of psychological resources available to most people, and especially somebody in the entertainment field, um, that's really on him. You know, if, if somebody really would like to release those uh, things from them, there are ways to do that. And there are, it, Ray, but, but I, don't, I don't mean to interrupt you, but in order for someone to change, they have to be willing to change. Right. Or want to uh, change. Again, not being Dr. Joyce Brothers. And you know, we're going to get letters. Uh, who's Dr. Joyce Brothers? <laughs> from young people. Uh, Dr. Brothers was a very famous female psychologist who was on television for 40 years. And if you didn't know anything psychological, you went to Dr. Brothers. Um, it's hard to change. Most people don't. Most people change for the worse as they age. Whatever idiosyncrasies they have, they get worse as they get older. It takes perhaps a dramatic event in someone's life, risk of life and limb, 
loss of someone close or just every once in a while, someone gets a moment of clarity and looks in the mirror and goes, ooh, that's ugly. Let me fix that. <clears throat> but you have to have that. It doesn't just happen. Ooh, I'm living an awful life. Ooh, let me fix that. I'll, I'll, have, I'll have the smoked salmon and a new life for lunch. Thank you. Most folks don't do that. I had to do it to get clean and sober 32 years ago. Uh, it forced me to do that. Most folks don't get forced and don't try. I think Jack's background was so specific to 20th century Jewish entertainerdom that he didn't see the need. The world needed to change to suit him, not the other way around. Yeah, too bad. Too bad. Interesting stuff, though. Very interesting. Well... Next time on Hitting the Mark, we got so many delightful responses about the show we just did on the Patty Duke show that we're going to talk about another show to which I had very close contact. And that show is Bewitched. So all the stories you've ever wanted to hear, almost all of them coming out of the mouths of William Asher, who was the director and producer and really co-creator of the show, and people I've known, like Aaron Murphy, who played Tabitha, and Bernard Fox, who played Dr. Bombay, and Casey Rogers, who played Louise Tate. And of course, we have to talk about Esmeralda. I actually have photos of all of us at the Bewitched House together. So uh, I have lots of stories to share, and hopefully they'll come along for the ride next time on Hitting the Mark. For this time, on behalf of Ray Carr and Sydney Verbalin, my co-hosts and I producers, we wish you God bless and have a happy. <laughs>